Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. If you're watching this on TV or on YouTube and you see me always looking over here, it's because that's where the television is. We play SWX Montana, our great partners here at ESPN Radio. They take us all around the great state of Montana. But today, there's been an endless loop (laughs) of me getting scolded by Bobby Houck at a press conference. And it's super funny, but I also am so glad that we are on the station now taking it over for a couple hours so you don't have to watch that anymore. Thanks, Sean. Shout out to our main guy, Sean Rainey, who, by the way, will lead the show here. Welcome in. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. I am Coulter Nuanas. We're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Find amazing winter savings at Northwest Motorsport. You can visit nwmsrocks.com for the largest selection of lifted trucks, diesel trucks, and off-road capable SUVs. Take back control of the road with a new rig from Northwest Motorsport. You can find this great studio both on SWX as well as on our YouTube channel. So go subscribe to that. We've made a lot of progress on it. It's looking really good. Got some graphics, ticker tape, all that stuff. 
So big things coming when it comes to the video element of this, but super appreciative already being all the way around the state because of SWX. So we got a couple great guests from SWX joining us like they do most Wednesdays. First, of course, Sean Rainey. Talk all things Grizz and Bobcat football. Also, we have our Montana State Minute today with Alex Eshelman, also of SWX Montana Television. And, of course, it's a Wednesday, so that means it's a Wing It Wednesday. Wing It Wednesday, like, tripled in fun at this point. We've always given you a dozen wings to Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. That's one of the most fun things you can do in Missoula anyways. I always go over there. My brother lives over on that side of town now. Awesome. So convenient to just swing in there, you know, pick up some wings, money in the bank. So we got a dozen wings from the Despo for you, but we're also giving you Grizz hockey tickets. Big slate of games, four games coming up this weekend down at the Glacier Ice Rink. So about 445, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. We also have a fun guest joining us as part of our uh, bi-monthly hockey segment, Dr. Jeff Laporte. He is a, a physician at uh, Missoula Bone and Joint, and uh, he'll join us to just talk all things hockey, particularly when it comes to hockey um, injuries, because he does a lot of work with the Grizz hockey team. So what's that like with that group of guys, uh, that group of boys? And second hour, all sorts of winter sports coming at you, hockey first, but then basketball. Basketball season, Big Sky Conference basketball season, gets underway on Thursday the Montana schools, Montana opens with Sacramento State and then Northern Colorado, and it's the reverse order uh, for the Montana State Bobcats. So uh, the women at home this weekend, the men on the road for both the uh, Cats and the Grizz. And so we'll catch up with all four head coaches from uh, Division One Hoops here in the state of Montana. Travis DeCure of the Montana men, Danny Sprinkle of the MSU men, Trisha Binford of the Bobcat women, and Brian Holzinger, the new head coach for the Montana Lady Grizz. And also probably have a little talk about the NCAA transfer portal as well because uh, that thing's going off right now. At the FBS, at the Power 5 level, so many entries it's hard to even keep track. I feel like my Twitter timeline is nothing but retweets of guys with graphics and these eloquently written notes. And, uh, I mean, the self-congratulatory nature of it all aside, <laughs> it's a wild time in college football, a completely unique time, uh, unchartered time. You know, we got Oklahoma and USC with openings right now with games still to be played. Excuse me, U, uh, Oklahoma and Notre Dame because Lincoln Riley went to USC. Uh, but wild to think that Oklahoma and Notre Dame have openings right now on their with their head coaching positions with games still to be played this season. And th- that's a byproduct of a lot of different things. Coming off the pandemic, the money, uh, the COVID year, the one-time free transfer rule and the national, the early national signing day, name, image, and likeness. There's so many things going on in college football right now, but this is impacting the Big Sky Conference as well. There's about 40 entries from the Big Sky Conference in football in the transfer portal so far. Only a couple that are big-time, uh, newsworthy, all-conference-type players. Elijah Dotson was one that was expected out of Sac State. And George Tarlis at Weber State, I mean, he graduated, so that's not unexpected as well. Uh, big defensive end who's a grad transfer now on the open market. But today, uh, a couple big entries. I guess as of yesterday, Kobe Singleton, who was an all-big sky corner at Southern Utah, he's into the portal. And then today, Alonzo Gilliam, a first-team all-league running back from UC Davis, enters as a graduate transfer. And Jaden Dawson, a highly recruited guy out of junior college ranks that came to Idaho State that I know Rob Fennessy was very high on. And I know our, our guy Andrew Houghton, our producer, he had a – little intel on that, too. So we'll probably get to that later on in the show, but wild times uh, when it comes to college football. Well, it uh, seems like just yesterday and an eternity ago, 
that we were watching the 120th edition of Montana versus Montana State. And there's been so much that's happened since then. A whole round of FCS playoffs, a whole week off of work for me, which felt like forever and not enough time all at the same time. It was uh, quite an experience, but we've been making the rounds, talking all sorts of different elements of the FCS playoffs as well as the rivalry game. So we won't spend too much time, but I'm down here at the SWX Montana studios with my good friend and colleague Sean Rainey. He is the sports director at SWX Montana. Joins us most Wednesdays here on Nuanas Now. And so, Sean, we've rehashed this uh, rivalry game quite a bit. Um, but just your broad thoughts on Montana's 29-10 win over Montana State. Big-time win, obviously. Um, it's nice that for so many people – so Ben Wyman, he's our anchor sure. here in the newsroom. And he always, all year long, is always being like, the, the Grizz better win, otherwise – and he's like talking about the streak and the streak and the streak. And he just like would never, would never, he's like, it doesn't matter if they can't beat the cats. Like, and that started being the, uh, kind of the narrative. Um, I mean, he kept me for 20 minutes after we recorded week of, and it just all of the things he was worried about, he was fully convinced that Montana was going to lose. And it was, it was hilarious. And so it's, it's nice from that perspective. And from our perspective, like we, deal with all of these players, both for Montana and Montana State. Yep. We know how much it means to them. I think it's cool that the Grizz senior class got to experience winning this rivalry game. Because I really feel for the, the seniors last year that never got to. Because that would be really, really hard on either side sure. to for your four, five years never experience beating your rival. Like that, because that's just something that's like, is going to be stuck with you forever and it and that's a big deal for these guys and so it was it was cool just to see because i mean we build relationships and you get to know these guys and you know i talked to dylan cook afterwards and there was only like a and and jace lewis sammy Kim, like it was like sammy jace od yeah the the few guys that were here from that 2016 class and he had talked about yeah when we got here the trophy was was in Missoula. And so my, my their red shirt year, they would walk by and touch it all the time. Mm-hmm. And then freshman, sophomore, junior, COVID. Up, yeah, COVID year, it was never there. And they never got to experience it. And so it meant a lot for, for those guys. So I think that that's a, a big thing that can't be overlooked is how much it means to um, those guys to be able to experience it. The agony of, and the ecstasy of doing what we do is so interesting because – you and I were at the state championship game together uh, between Sentinel and Billings West. And you're standing in the middle of the field. And on one side, Dane Oliver's getting Gatorade baths. And, you know, all these guys are going crazy. On the other side, you got 85 high school kids that are crying their eyes out. And it's just so funny. Not even funny. It's just so fascinating, the, this, the difference in emotions. And, you know, it's like you're saying. I was so Everybody always asks us, you know. Who you like, who you root for, whatever. It's none of that stuff. That's not what this is. But, like, I felt so happy for Jace Lewis and Sammy again. Those guys, that they they have worked a long time, and it would be an absent part of an otherwise excellent career. I also felt horrible for Troy Anderson sitting up there at the post-game press conference. I mean, it was terrible. I had to ask him, what was your emotions coming into this game? And he, like, looked at me. I mean, I've known him since he was 16 years old. He looks at me like, why you ask me that, man? Like, of course I feel terrible. But it's like you kind of you have to as a reporter, but also you just feel terrible for those guys. And so it is. There's a lot of emotion behind it. But that's why I think the result of that game, when both teams are going to the playoffs, 
the narrative now is almost the same. It's just like the opposite side of the coin, right? For the Grizz, can they carry the momentum of the big win, not be hungover from the game, not be, you know, too high on themselves, but, you know, use it as the next step to launching themselves on a playoff run for the Cats, can they use it as motivation? Can they use it as, you know, hey, that's not the team that we are. We're a lot better than that. So I do think that it could be a launching point for both teams if they if they uh, play it right. I think you would maybe be worried about Montana coming out after that game with a bye if it was somebody – if they were playing UT Martin, for sure. example. Right. But because it's Eastern Washington, the – whether they will uh, not admit it in the presser or not, um, being another rival, but a team that handed them their first loss. Like, after that game, I remember looking at some of the players and stuff before I headed on the bus because I traveled with the team, and there were tears. There were – because they expected to, you know, win every game this season, be Big State Conference champs, like all of that. And that first loss was what ended up costing them. And they kind of – at the time, you didn't, you know, you weren't sure like you could still end up doing it, but that was a big swing game as far as momentum for the rest of the season. And so, there's definitely some revenge, and I think that will cure any hangover from the brawl going into the their first playoff game. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as on SWX Montana. The Big Sky, when the dust settled, on one hand, got the most teams in the history of the league into the playoffs with five. They got three teams seeded and uh, a fourth with Eastern getting a home game. That said, (laughs) controversy across the board. I thought every Big Sky team got a terrible draw. The best draw in the bracket is the Cats getting the eight seed, which then means you get to play Tennessee Martin. Which, by the way, is no slouch. I mean, this is not – the Cats are two touchdown favorites. That's not like being four or five touchdown favorites like you could be in some of these matchups with these upstart schools. But more than anything, then, they're on the same side of the bracket as the number one seed, Sam Houston. That's the best draw. <laughs> the rest of the draws are terrible. Sac State goes undefeated in the league. It's the four seed. Oh, your congratulations. You either have to play your rival who you just beat two weeks ago at UC Davis or – the best team in the whole bracket, in my opinion, South Dakota State, and on down the line. Montana gets the sixth seed. Oh, congratulations. You get to play a team that's ranked ahead of you in the polls that beat you earlier this year in Eastern Washington. Uh, pretty tough draws for the Big Sky Conference across the board. I just don't – I know that the committee has um, different framework, and they're working – they are kind of have their hands tied a little bit when they're coming up with the seeding as far as the regionalization goes – and all of the the rules and things like that because this is not FBS football. Like, money matters. They're making decisions that are outside of their control a a little bit. They do also have to obey NCAA bylaws. That's a huge misperception of the college football playoff. It is not run by the NCAA. It is run by an independent entity that does not have to follow NCAA bylaws. This is a tournament facilitated by the NCAA. The thing that made this tournament go awry is the fact that they have 11 auto bids, which means that you have to have a 22-team field because you have to have twice, you can only have as many at-large as you can auto and vice versa. So then 22 doesn't work, you have to make it 24. So that dilutes, I think, a lot of the playoff field. And then they also have the bylaw of the regionalization like you're talking about where they have to put a huge emphasis on bracketing this thing with, with teams 200 miles apart. So it does make for some weird four, things. 400 miles. 400 miles, yeah. sure. But 
I don't think it's the not the auto bid that I have the issue with. Right. The regionalization sucks. I also, if I were a committee member, and I think this is just the when we argue with the college football playoff with the four teams and stuff, there's all these arguments on like, do you put in the team with the best resume or the team that you think is the best or the sure. team that has the best chance to win? For me, I kind of lean on what what is the who is the best team and how as a conference can you fight for your team to have the best seeding to have the best ability to represent the conference and make it as far as you possibly can. You would think that that would be the goal. Like if I'm the if I'm Ken Haslam and I know he can't really be, he's not in there arguing for the Big State Conference, but every conference commissioner is going to want their teams to advance as much as possible, right? So, do you want that your I I would do it where I want my best team to be ranked the highest with a chance to go the the farthest. And I don't care that Sac State won the conference. They're not the best team in the Big Sky. I said before, I would have had Montana ranked four, the Cats at five. I would have had Eastern at six and Sac at eight or seven. Um, or uh, Nova in there would be at seven and then Sac at eight. Um, I just think, I think Eastern, I think the Grizz and the Cats are all better than Sac State. And so I, I, the schedule was the schedule. This isn't. This isn't Big Sky basketball where everyone plays the same schedule and your record is what your record is. So I don't, I don't care about that. And I don't know. That's just my opinion. And I, it's just kind of crazy to me that, uh, you know, the Cats kind of get an easy, easier first game. And the Eastern, I feel bad for Eastern because not only did they not get a seed, but now they're playing Montana. And it's like basically a 4-5 matchup if you go – on the polls, and the reason that they're playing is because they just happen to be three hours apart. I think I just think that's stupid. This matchup should be happening, but it should be happening next round, exactly. not this round. Exactly. I, it, it, it is endlessly frustrating. It's also frustrating because at the FBS level, we've seen this giant fracturing where there's 120 teams in the FBS, but really only what? 30, 40 have any shot at all when the season starts to win? And by the first month of the season, it's well, like, right. Yeah. And I'm just saying, like, the most wild card ever to even be in. Yeah, I mean, it's so few teams that have a, a shot. But then the the divide here is that I guess what I'm saying is, like, I was watching Sacred Heart and Holy Cross, first-round playoff matchup. You know, fun game. Ended on a Hail Mary. Tidbit for you. Holy Cross's offensive coordinator is Justin Roper. Former Grizz quarterback. I was just like shocked when they showed the guy in the press box. I was like, that looks like Roper. Google it. Sure enough, Justin Roper is the offensive coordinator. Holy cross. But regardless, what I'm getting at is it's a fun game. When I'm watching, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm watching incredibly small school football. Like this is this is division two, division three level football. Fine, it's fun, whatever. That compared to then when you turn on South Dakota State and James Madison and Montana. It's not the same thing. And so I just wonder what the, the long-term um, what the long-term future of this model is because it's very clear now that there's a, a substantial number of teams that are making the playoffs out of conferences in which the football is not nearly as funded yeah. as highly. The talent level is nowhere close. I mean, like the football budget at Montana, Montana State, and South Dakota State is – Probably the athletic department budget at Sacred Heart. So the, this, the, 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 the dichotomy is so interesting. It just seems like I don't know how sustainable this really is because if they really are trying to save money and make money, 
Seems like none of that happened. No, not one of the first-round games even drew 5,000 fans. Not one of them. And the issue, though, is a lot of those teams are on the East Coast. So none of the teams on the West Coast get to have those kind of cupcake matchups unless a San Diego wins, like, the Pioneer, and then they come right. to Montana or something like that. Right. So a lot of these teams on the East Coast, because there's not as many teams, and those are where they're kind of the weaker conferences are, those are where the regionalization matchups come into play, where to me it then just makes it a completely unfair advantage for them compared to like like if Montana's going to make the championship game, they're going to have to go through the team who's ranked number four in the country you in sure? the stats, number three in the country in James Madison, number two in the country in North Dakota State, and and then if Sam Houston was if if Chalk would survive, it would be number one. So they'd have to beat all four. Bang, 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 bang. That should not happen in a bracket style like that. Like, it shouldn't be – the setup is just is funky that way, you know? I mean, I think that coverage-wise, you know, from a national perspective, it would be great for the FCS to see premier teams. Like, if Montana really did have to run through the only other teams that really have the prestige that they – I mean, it's – as far as the prestige of the programs, it's the Cats the Grizz – South Dakota State, North Dakota State, James Madison, alone in a league all their own. And Sam Houston's kind of right outside that. But it, those schools are just significantly different. I mean, they have legitimate, real, big-time college fan bases. And, and I don't know, man. Eastern, Eastern as, a pro, as a football program, has been in there in the last decade or so. But not, not the whole, like, fan base necessarily, yeah. but as a program. But as I'm saying, all of those, most of those, except for two and a half, are on one side of the bracket. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting deal because this is a, an omnipresent discussion point across all college football. I think that we're going to see a different version of college football sooner than later. Agreed. Because right now, I mean, <laughs> hell, on the FBS level, I never in my life thought I would see job openings at Notre Dame and Oklahoma when neither of the coaches got fired. Because it was never really in the realm of possibilities that you would ever leave those I mean, jobs. It's not even that. It's just like it's all the these smaller conference realignments. Yeah, yeah. The it's it's going to be the wild wild west as far as all these schools trying to align themselves in different scenarios. And it's just it's not the conversation because I remember I think it was when I was in college around 2007 or something. There was like a lot of talk about Montana moving up. Yep, when Jim O'Day was athletic yeah. director. Yep. And it's just so it, now though it's just a completely different landscape, and so then it, it made it seemed like it made more sense to stay where they're at. But now when you see James Madison leaving, you've, we've watched Coastal and App State and like all these teams, all the best programs in the FCS are leaving, especially on the East Coast. Now it's like really you really got to start thinking about it if you're Montana. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here on ESPN Radio. It's Nuanas Now. This is our all football all the time, presented in part by Sports Bet Montana. This is actually a fun addition to Sports Bet Montana. This is something that you're not going to find really anywhere else is the pre- and in-game betting for these FCS playoffs. There's been a, f- a lot of fun bets. There's been some futures bets for national champions. And I always find it fascinating to look at the lines and stuff like that as well. Um, but when you look at some of these lines, I mean, to your point about the bracket, it's very clear the numbers don't lie, right? We can sit here and people can say, well, that's just your opinion. Well, the computer says that 
Sacramento State is more than a one-touchdown favorite against South Dakota State. The computer says that East Tennessee State is a home dog. What was the line on that game again? Which ones? Uh, Tennessee, East Tennessee State and Kennesaw State. Uh, East Tennessee. ETSU was like two and a half point fa- underdogs okay. at home. As underdogs a, at home. But that's the thing. Like in the NCAA tournament, if you are giving a two seed to somebody, they're not going to be an underdog to a seven seed. Right. Because they give the better team the better seed. <laughs> right. So that's what we should be doing here. We should not be getting Sac State, the f- number four overall seed, and then they're eight and a half point underdogs at home. Right. If South Dakota State was playing Montana or Montana State, it would be a pick em at Pick them, or they'd be two-and-a-half, three-point underdogs like Eastern is to Montana right now, which means that by the computer system, Sac State is eight-and-a-half to a 10-point, 11-point team worse than Montana, Montana State. That is what the the computer, the books, are telling you as far as how good they actually are, and that's my biggest gripe with the seeding because the, the numbers – that doesn't lie. Though those the books, the sports books are not going to lie as far as how good teams are as far as making those lines. Yeah, it's pretty interesting uh, all the way across the board. But that said, let's let's break down these two games that will be happening in the state of Montana. From a coverage perspective, it's actually pretty fun that we get a Friday night game and then a Saturday afternoon game. I'm going to be able to be at both games. I was a little worried how we were going to do it because I you know only one guy in one spot and. Uh, we got some writers in the stable over here in Missoula, but I, I you know, I don't know. I, I didn't want to miss the Grizz game if I was the guy that had to go to Bozeman, but I didn't want to miss the Bobcat game if I was the guy that had to stay in Missoula. So I'm actually glad that they're a little bit split up. But uh, let's start with the Bobcat game. Montana State was riding sky high until all of a sudden they weren't. And uh, one loss does not make a season at this level, especially when you're a 9-2 and squad that was – the number three team in the country earlier this month. Uh, that said, I do think they got to stand up and dust themselves off pretty quick. I don't think Tennessee Martin will be that much of an issue. I do think it's a pretty good draw for the Cats. But this was a team that was thinking, repeat run at the Final Four. Maybe make a, maybe be a national championship contender with all the great seniors that they have, from Troy Anderson to Lance McCutcheon to Lewis Kidd and Taylor Tuiasasopo, Chase Benson, Daniel Hardy. But I, I just think that they got to get right in this game because I do think they still have the talent if they can get healthy to make a run. I mean, I think that Sam Houston State, Montana State, it's a good game, even if it's one versus eight, if they can get past Tennessee Martin. But I just think that for the Cats, it's all mental. They just got to get right in their heads. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's back-to-back games where you're going against Idaho, Montana, two pretty physical teams, yeah. right, Physi- and physical defensively. Yeah. And Montana State has struggled with that as far as getting their running game and uh, their offense just going. So this could be a kind of like that get-right game where you're going against a team that's not as physical as the two defenses that you just faced. You have the bye week. Guys can get a little healthier, and you can maybe throw in some wrinkles here and there and get, get guys on the right page. That's just going to be the question mark because you talked about it when you came on our uh, SUX tonight, our TV show. It does look like the quarterback play has kind of digressed as the season yeah. went along. I remember because I wasn't all that sure – because I don't watch that many Montana State games during the year because a lot of them are at the same time as Montana. It was like a handful, like four or five, maybe six weeks in, and McKay was like the seventh most efficient passer in the country at one point. There was one moment in time where he was leading the country in passer. I mean, he still is. He was like halfway through the year. 
He's he's always going to I mean, he's going to have a high efficiency rate just because of what they do offensively. They don't even really make him take that many risks, so he throws hardly any picks. I mean, still even now with his quote-unquote digression, he still has like 20 touchdowns and I think two or three picks, so he's got a good ratio. But but yeah, I mean, that was their whole model was he they needed him not necessarily to throw for 300 yards a game, just be the most efficient guy in the country, and he was among for a while. Yeah, but it 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 has looked nothing like efficiency the last two weeks against Idaho and Montana. The the completion percentage was was not good against the Grizz, and it didn't even it didn't even look um, close to being good. I think that was kind of the most concerning thing. If you're a Cats fan, it was like they they have no no shot here of completing some of these passes. It was just getting rid of the ball super early, and it, there was they weren't even like close. There's times where you're watching a game where like some things just don't bounce your way, or you get a tip ball here or there, or there's just some bad luck, but. It, it, that wasn't even close. So I think Montana State just needs to get right offensively in this game. I think their defense is fine and will be fine. And then, like like you said, I think Sam Houston State going to be a good ball game. Um, they haven't played anyone as close to as good as Montana State all year. And I think that's the biggest question mark for Sam Houston going through this. Is It's kind of hard when you have a schedule where I think the toughest team you played was Central Arkansas, which was number 22 in the country. So you're not battle-tested. You're not playing Eastern. You're not playing Montana. You're not playing all these really good teams that, you know, Montana State and the rest of the Big Sky has. And You've I, also been riding number one ranking that you earned in a spring season, which I'm not going to completely delegitimize, but only but half the teams of, played. Yeah, was, yeah you, not fully, but it was kind of... Not legitimate. <laughs> I mean, that's why it's silly, right? They've been ranked number one yeah. since they won the national championship. Good for them for winning the national championship. That's a big win, being South Dakota State in the national championship. But then to just carry the number one ranking all the way through, when you're right, they play in a league that's not nearly as competitive as the big sky. It'll be interesting to see. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, joining us here on Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio. How about the uh, Grizz game? This is going to be a throwdown. I think it's fascinating that... This is so rare where you get rematches from in-season matches, yet Bobby Houck has been here so many times before. He did it in 04 against Sam Houston, did it in 08 against Weber State, did it in 05 against Cal Poly, but that was sort of the reversal of fortunes. They beat Cal Poly when they were the number three team in the country that year in the regular season then lost to them in the first round of the playoffs at home. Uh, And then even in 2019, beat Weber State, and then less than a month later, go to Ogden and lose. So Bobby Houck's been here before, uh, advantage, disadvantage, the fact that Montana has already played Eastern Washington, already lost Eastern Washington. Advantage. I think so, too. I think it's advantage that they played and that they lost. We've seen this flip-flop before. We saw it with Weber State a couple of years ago. Yep. When I was talking to Coach Houck for our TV show, he said that he's talked a lot with his brother, Tim, yep. about playing a team a second time because, obviously, he's been a coach in the NFL for so long, where you play your division twice twice a year. We talked about this on Monday's show with Marty yeah. Morningway, too, because Coach Morningway was in the NFL for 25-plus years, and he said the same thing. You know, you always play your division twice. I was so excited the second time around, especially if we dropped the first one. Yeah, and it's how many little wrinkles do you do you throw in? Do you do you not? Because the you you think that... Oh, Eastern's like, oh, they're going to think we're going to do a bunch of stuff different. We're not going to – we're just going to do a little thing instead of – there's just a lot of cat and mouse and uh, X's and O's that are going to be going back and forth. But I think for Montana, because Eastern's offense is just more unique than any other offense that they've kind of faced all year, and Barrier and those wide receivers are better than anyone that they've faced, I think it helps them that they saw – 
how good they are. They saw like when we're rushing and trying to you know kill him and and sack him that you have to kind of break down a little bit and not go 100% speed like and hit some and hit him like you do some of these other quarterbacks. You got to break down a little bit and not let him shake you. That was one of the biggest plays of the game. They had him dead to rights and he was able to squirm out of it and threw a, a big long touchdown. So I think he also had the one where he got off uh, on the edge and scored scored a rushing touchdown yeah. himself too. Yeah. So I think you can learn from that. I think they can switch up coverages a little bit. They lined up Lima Jones in the slot all game long and had him matched up on safeties throughout. Do you move? Can you move Justin Ford around a little bit? Like you, they moved him around in the Montana State game for the first time all year. So I, I think there's little little things that Montana could do. But the biggest thing is they're at home. I, I think that's going to be huge, um, especially with Eastern, because Eastern just seems to have a different moxie at home. Yeah. Like there's just something. I mean, they're unbeatable on that red trip. They lost ten games in eleven years. Yeah, it's it's so weird because it's not like they have like this. It's a super loud and they have this like rabid fan base. It's just there's just something about them on that red turf and. It's not that Montana, obviously they're better at home, but Montana's been really good on the road this year. Better on the road. Yeah. Bobby Houck would tell you. Yeah, so I don't think it's necessarily that Montana has like this massive home field advantage. I think it's just that Eastern is not as good on the road, and I think that's the, the bigger gap than Montana being better at home. I think Eastern's just worse on the road, and I think that's going to that's gonna make a difference. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television here on Nuanas Now. Thanks for being with us, buddy. Yeah, of course. It's going to be fun. There you go. Love catching up with the rain, man, especially when we're talking about some of the things that we both uh, emphasize and specialize in the most. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. How about some more SWX? Time for the Montana State Minute. Our good friend Alex Eshelman, she'll join us here on ESPN Radio right after this. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. The Grizzlies and the Bobcats shared simultaneous weeks off that saw playoff opponents become solidified and a slew of awards won over the holiday weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Montana's 29-10 win over Montana State secured the number six seed in the FCS playoffs for the Grizz. UM takes a four-game winning streak into its division-best 25th playoff appearance. Montana will host fourth-ranked Eastern Washington Friday night in Missoula after the Eagles posted a 19-9 win over Northern Iowa in the first round on Saturday. Despite the rivalry loss, Montana State takes the number eight seed 
seeded in the playoffs. The Bobcats will take on an upstart Tennessee Martin squad of the Ohio Valley that forced six turnovers to spring an upset of Missouri State 32-31. The Skyhawks are in their second ever playoff appearance. Montana and Montana State's football teams were each well recognized with the release of the Big Sky Conference's year-end awards and all-league squads. Montana State senior linebacker Troy Anderson was named the league's defensive player of the year. Montana quarterback Justin Ford was named the league's newcomer of the year after transferring to UM from Louisville last offseason. Other Grizz that received first-team All-Big Sky accolades include linebacker Patrick O'Connell, safety Robbie Howe, kick returner Malik Flowers, punter Brian Buschini, and special teams ace Trevin Gradney. Other first-team Bobcats included running back Isaiah Afonso, wide receiver Lance McCutcheon, offensive lineman Lewis Kidd, defensive tackle Chase Benson, and defensive end Daniel Hardy. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Lights are turned down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold... Well, if the irony of this song isn't dawning on you now, I don't know how to help you. 68 degrees in Missoula, Montana today on December 1st. I don't even know what to say. It's a crazy time to be alive. That's all I know, especially when you're talking about the world of college football, which is completely off the chain right now. Welcome back. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. I am Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport? Has the largest selection of lifted trucks, diesel trucks, and off-road capable SUVs. Take back control of the road with a new rig from Northwest Motorsport. Time now for the Montana State Minute. Each week, we're joined by Alex Eshelman. She's a reporter in Bozeman at SWX Montana Television, doing a great job over there covering all things sports in southwestern Montana, but specifically the Montana State Bobcats. Alex, I haven't talked to you in a couple weeks. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. How you doing? Oh, Coulter, I had a great Thanksgiving. I know I'm happy to be back on the show with you. And, yes, uh, the week with family was very, very nice and a very delicious meal. How was yours? Oh, it was super good. I did almost nothing, just watched football, ate. Uh, it was glorious. Uh, first time I'd taken any time off in 2021. So it was definitely uh, a good time away. But we came into the holiday week with uh, quite the event, quite the result in the Montana-Montana State rivalry game uh, in Missoula on November 20th. Your first time experiencing this game, your first time, I believe, experiencing Washington Grizzly Stadium. So what did you think of the afternoon? Well, first of all, I give a lot of credit to Washington Grizzly and that fan base for making it really, really exciting. It was everything that I expected it was going to be. It was loud. It was fun. It was exciting. And the backdrop of the mountains and just the entire atmosphere culture was really, really cool. And I feel really blessed to have been able to finally experience it. Um, in terms of the game, I think it's safe to say that Montana State fans and I would say a handful of Grizz fans weren't really expecting the outcome uh, that happened. I mean, Montana just ran away with the win. They came in saying, hey, we haven't beat these guys in five years. And that senior class said, I have never 
beat this team and I don't want to go out the same way that the senior class last year did and never knowing what it feels like to beat Montana State and that's essentially exactly what happened what do you think about it well I actually think that's exactly right and I think that that is I mean it's what makes the rivalry so special there's the passion behind Mm -hmm. it the history behind it for sure but also just how special that moment is for guys from small town Montana I know that Montana State has some great players from Montana and they're led by a guy from small town Montana and Troy Anderson uh, but you could just tell from the pregame warm-ups and um, exactly what you said. I mean, those Grizz seniors, particularly the the guys from Montana that had lost to Montana State multiple times in a row, you could tell they wanted a little bit of the bragging right. They weren't about to go, you know, Flathead Lake on 4th of July 25 years from now and have their buddies <laughs> say, hey, we beat you four times in a row. They had to get at least one. And uh, I think that's what makes the game great. That's what makes the rivalry great. But here we are now, though, and I think probably the best part from our perspective, from a coverage perspective, and just from a Big Sky Conference perspective and just for the state of Montana, both these teams continue on. They both get buys. They're both into the playoffs. So I know you uh, were in Bozeman this week. An interesting vibe around the press conferences, right? Because I don't think any of us had heard of Tennessee Martin. I don't think most of us thought Tennessee Martin would be in the playoffs still after getting a first-round game against Missouri State. So what have you thought of just the vibe and some of the things Coach Vegan and his players have been saying this week? Totally, Coulter. And it's a really good question in terms of how is everyone feeling after going from being on a nine-game winning streak, right, and almost getting a share in the Big Sky Championship to losing to the Grizz. I think that that first week was tough. I think that that is something that they are going to have to swallow and move forward with. However, Having that first round by, I think, meant a lot. It was a mental break. The team was able to be out in the community and do a little community service. They were able to get together with their position groups and have a nice Thanksgiving dinner together or go home to their families. And just being a human, everybody needs that, right? They need a little reset. And I think that having that reset going into this week, they say, okay, Are we happy with losing to the Grizz? Obviously not. No, we're going to have to live with that one. However, we've swallowed it. We understand what happened, and we're going to move forward. And this week, it feels like they've come to terms with that bump in the road, and they're ready to go. They're excited to be back at Bobcat Stadium, obviously playing a team that I don't think that they – Uh, didn't look at by any means when they were playing Missouri State, but all the quote-unquote experts were saying that Missouri State and Coach Petrino were going to be coming to Bozeman this week. So it's an interesting one for sure, but I do think that Tennessee Martin's on a roll and they're going to give Montana State uh, something, something to work towards and to definitely be ready to go on Saturday. Alex Eshelman, SWX Montana Television, joining us here on Nuanas Now. It's our Montana State Minute. It's presented in part by J&V Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scout, you can score big with J&V. Everything you need for your next tailgate or that big family holiday party can be found at all of J&V's locations. You can also visit their awesome website, jvrestaurant.com. That's jvrestaurant.com. Glad to have those guys on board and happy to have them as a part of Nuanas now. And Alex, what you just said is exactly right. I think that uh, the, the, what Tennessee Martin is, is a dangerous team because this is already the greatest season in their school's history. They've already won totally. a, a playoff game. that has That's never happened before, ever. So they're already playing with house money. 
They've probably never played in an environment like Bobcat Stadium. I think that there's a perception that teams that aren't used to it melt in big environments. I actually don't think that that's true a lot of times. I think a lot of times the road teams play well early on because there's so much energy that maybe they're not used to in the stadium, especially when you're talking about a dichotomy between Bobcat Stadium, which holds 18,000-plus, and you know Tennessee Martin Stadium, right. which is a 7,000-seat venue. I mean, this is going to be three times as big of a game they've ever played in. So that uh, should be an interesting factor. But I also think that probably the key for this MSU team more than anything is just to remember that although they ended their season with a regular season loss, and of course it's a heartbreaker because it's two-year rival on the road, a lot was on the line, they're still a nine-win team and a seeded team in the playoffs. And so they still have a tremendous amount to play for, and they still have some of the most talented guys in the league and in the country uh, on their team. So I do think sort of just the revitalization of confidence um, is key. And did, I mean, you spoke to some of the guys this week, Lance McCutcheon, Daniel Hardy, a couple seniors. What would you think? I mean, it seemed to me like they were pretty confident. It seemed like they'd already put that kind of in the rear view. I completely agree, Coulter. I think in speaking with a bunch of the guys um, throughout these past two weeks and just being around them in terms of when they're going out and doing community service, I was able to just see them in a different light in comparison to watching them play on the football field. And obviously, they're all such great guys. And I, I think that we're all human. That would hurt. If I were playing in that game and lost to the Grizz, obviously that's not going to be something fun that they that they will want to remember. However, playoff season is a completely different ball game. And they've said it all week long. Everyone is zero and zero. They are starting fresh. And it's win or go home. And that's the most exciting part of playoffs. And even though... You know, UT Martin isn't uh, necessarily the top dog in this matchup. Anybody can win. And that's the most exciting part of of playoffs. And I think that Montana State knows that. That at this point in time, it comes down to who wants it more. And who is going to fight until the very end. Everybody's injured. Everybody's not injured. I shouldn't say that. But everyone is tired and is hurting. It's been a long season. And they're at the end of the road. Who's going to finish? Absolutely. It's great insight. I am uh, happy that we're going to get to cover both these games live because Montana plays Friday night and Montana State on Saturday. So I'll see you in Bozeman on Saturday. But in the meantime, have a great week, Alex, and thanks so much for joining us. (laughs) Thanks, Coulter. Always a pleasure to be on your show. See you soon. Alex Esterman, the Montana State Minute. She's doing a great job over there. I always appreciate her contribution, her perspective. It's definitely uh, a fresh one here. Uh, on Nuanas now, the Montana State Minute is brought to you in part by J&V Restaurant Supply. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scotty, you can score big with J&V. They have three locations throughout the state of Montana. Bozeman, Billings, Great Falls. But if you can't make it in, J&V has a great website as well, jvrestaurant.com. That's jvrestaurant.com. They have free delivery on all orders through December. They've been proud sponsors of athletics across Montana for almost five decades Get everything you need for your next event or for your restaurant, JV, your restaurant specialist, jvrestaurant.com. There's all sorts of different levels of skaters and hockey players that hang out down at the Glacier Ice Rink. Right now, Grizz Hockey is the hottest ticket in town. But the guy who joins us next, he's an orthopedic surgeon in Missoula Bone and Joint, but also a guy that's been the, the uh, Rink physician for almost a decade, Jeff Laporte. Dr. Laporte will join us here next as part of our 
bi-monthly hockey segment. Keep it right here. We got Grizz hockey tickets. We got wings from the Desperado. And we got some insight on what it's like being a team doctor at a hockey rink. My goodness. Keep it right here. Nuanas now. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio. My left stroke just went viral. Right stroke, put a baby in a spiral. Soprano C, we like to keep it on the high note. It's levels to it, you and I know. Tell them be humble. Hold up, sit hold down. Hold up, hold up, hold up, be humble. Hold up, sit down. Be humble. Hey, what's up, Montana? Colter Nuanas. Well, Kendrick Lamar coming back for you here at Nuana is now on a Wednesday. Hope you have a great day. Hope you have a great week. If you haven't been paying attention, we got a new team here in town, and they're putting on a hell of a show. Grizz Hockey right now is a hot, hot ticket. And uh, I've been to a couple games. It's very fun. Those, the energy in the arena is great. I mean, it's pretty much sold out at the Glacier Ice Rink every single game that we've uh, gotten reports from. We do carry the games here on ESPN Radio, so happy to be your home for Grizz Hockey. If you have checked it out, you know it's really fun. If you haven't, you need to. So give us a call right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. I got a four-pack of tickets to Friday night's game. It's an 8 p.m. deal. I know there's a Grizz football game that night, but Grizz hockey, g- good draw. So call right now. Call number two for tickets. University of Montana versus Idaho, Friday, 8 p.m. at the Glacier Ice Rink. If you give us a call, call number two, 888-1029. Speaking of Grizz hockey, uh, they have been doing pretty well from a results perspective um, for a, a first-year program here. And... Uh, so definitely uh, a, a fun team to follow. And uh, here in just a minute, we're going to be joined uh, by Dr. Jeffrey Laporte. Missoula Bone and Joy. It sounds like we have Dr. Laporte. So, uh, Doc, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you doing? Sure, you're welcome. I'm doing fine, Coulter. Thank you. Uh, first and foremost, let's start with sort of your involvement at the Glacier Ice Rink because uh, I've, I've learned you have been involved down there for quite some time. So I think that you've probably seen quite a bit. And so from a medical perspective, probably a lot of cringeworthy, but also uh, interesting things. So just start with this, your involvement. How, how did you get involved in it? How'd you become a hockey fan? And what do you think of this growing hockey community that we have in Missoula? Oh, well, I've been a hockey fan for a long time. I was uh, in Bowling Green, Ohio for 14 years wow. as a team physician for Bowling Green State. And part of my responsibility was for the hockey team. And then my son, Chris, uh, became a hockey player and went on to play for the Maulers here. And while he was with the Bruins and then the Maulers, I basically offered my services to those teams. So I've been around hockey for a long time. And University of Montana was also looking for another person after the after the junior Bruins uh, left town. So... Um, I just got on board with them, just kind of 
you know, just uh, it's the next stage, <laughs> which is good. But hockey is really growing here in uh, Missoula. And if you haven't been to a Grizz hockey game, it is spectacular. They're, the stands are packed. It's uh, energetic. They've, they've done a lot of good things. Um, in terms of injuries, uh, I was not at a game where they recently had a knee dislocation, which is a major league orthopedic emergency. So the, the athletic training staff did a great job of taking care of that individual who was actually from from the opposite team, from the visiting team. But they took good care of him. And, you know, usually we see shoulder injuries, mostly um, head injuries, concussions. And occasionally we'll get a broken bone, broken ankle, broken finger. No doubt. Well, is and, there, of course. Is there varying levels just in terms of the level of play, in terms of the violence of the sport? And oftentimes there's like this perception sure. in football where when the Grizz play in Oregon or something, that there's a higher level of injury. But I always think that football – there's high levels of there's high level of risk across the board, but I mean, how does it vary between the different levels that you've uh, you've been able to observe throughout this time? Sure. Well, you know, hockey is a gliding sport, so they surprisingly hit hard, but don't get don't get hurt that often. Um, you know, when as you start as a youngster, they they don't start uh, checking until I think in the bantam leagues, and then as you get up into high school, it gets a little bit more aggressive. The junior leagues are very aggressive in terms of hitting and uh, a lot of contact in the junior leagues. And, and this University of Montana hockey is very comparable to the junior A leagues in the United States, which are between those kids are 16 to 20 year olds. Uh, pretty comparable in terms of skill, hitting ability, uh, violence. And then, of course, you get uh, the, high, the, the higher college hockey, the Division One hockey, and those people are incredibly well skilled. And, of course, they're big and strong, and they hit harder. <laughs> well, no doubt about it. Dr. Jeff Laporte joining us from Azula Bone & Joint, part of our weekly hockey segment. We're going to give you a couple more tickets to Grizz Hockey a little later on here in the show. We also got some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill coming up, so keep it tuned to Juanez now. Doc, <laughs> one of my production guys across the way, when I told him that uh, you were the next guest, he said, hey, you got to ask him. Has he ever seen anything that would make you queasy? What, what's the, uh, with, with all things considered, of course, HIPAA involved and all that stuff, but is there any sort of gruesomeness you can share with us? Because I think that people perceive hockey as, as such a high-intensity sport. So uh, any, any out of the ordinary that you've seen down there at the Glacier Ice Rink? Well, uh, I would have to say, you know, the most common injury that I've seen at Glacier in the junior leagues especially, because they didn't wear face masks for the most part. They just had visors. The most, uh, the most common injury I saw were lacerations in the face, lip lacerations, uh, below the eye, cheek, chin, a lot of chin lacerations. And some of those get pretty gruesome because there's you know, a lot of blood on the ice. And, um, you know, the fans don't necessarily like to see, I mean, they want to see, they want to see a good, hard hitting game. But when it comes to people spurting blood around, it uh, sometimes gets a little queasy, I'm sure, for the fans. No doubt about it. Well, uh, the the Grizz hockey team is a phenomenal one. Uh, but when it comes to just the way that you navigate this, because a lot of times when you're dealing with Division One athletic departments, direct correlations and direct connections to uh, various surgical centers or, or aftercare or anything like that, um, how does this work with a club team like the University of Montana just in terms of their relationship with you guys at Bone and & Joint and, and the relationship uh-huh. with the ring and all that stuff? How, how does those things kind of come together? 
Sure. Well, you know, for for all the teams, so at Bone and Joint, what what we do as team physicians for the various teams that we're well, like we're team physicians for most of the high schools around, and what we do is we expedite the care for the athlete. We not only uh, try to treat them appropriately, but we try to treat them as quickly as possible so that we can figure out whether they can come back to their sport quickly or not. And that's where being a team physician really comes in. It's not so much doing uh, the little things like sewing up lacerations or treating sprains. It's getting those people in to get x-rays, getting them in to see get the MRI scans done that we need to get done so we can figure out whether they can keep playing or not. Because it's emotionally destabilizing to these individuals if we're not able to keep them playing. Dr. Jeff Laporte, the physician down there at the Glacier Ice Rink and currently for the University of Montana hockey team. Doc, thanks so much for being with us, man. Really interesting stuff. You're welcome. And uh, maybe we'll see you down at the rink soon. Appreciate your time. Okay, great. Yep, you're welcome. No problem. Thank you. Nuan is now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. I got a great idea for you. I got a great Friday night for you. If you can't make it down to Washington Grizz, well, why don't you swing down to the Glacier Ice Rink? I got four more tickets for you. University of Montana versus Idaho. But guess what? You're going to go to the Desperado and have yourself a dozen wings first. I got 12 wings of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill and a four-pack of Grizz hockey tickets. Call number three. All you have to do is give us a call, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number three. We got four tickets and a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. It's a wing at Wednesday. What a better way to spend your weekend, then hitting up the Despo for some wings, and then hitting up the Glacier Ice Rink for some Grizz hockey. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. All sorts of sports in Montana this week and involving Montana teams, including the Division One basketball teams in the Treasure State. Grizz, Lady Grizz, men and women Bobcats, they all open Big Sky Conference play Thursday. We catch up with all four head coaches right here. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.